Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon, and with me is, again, Joel Fallon. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> of course, of course. It's been a little while. Yes. Been a little hiatus due to a couple factors. Part of that was pretty fun. Took a trip to Disney World. Yeah, a little had jealous. A bl- <laughs> yeah, had a blast. 80 degree weather while you were stuck in the ice and snow. Yeah, and it's just about to start snowing again. Yeah, it's Great. crazy. Just <laughs> 70 degrees the other day and one or two inches, why not? That's Maryland for you. It's 80 during the day and 25 at night. <laughs> yep. And while we were in Florida, my dad was... We're going to be putting our house up for sale soon, so my dad was just doing some home renovations to try to get that ready, and was went on a little bit longer than we thought, but it looks good. Got, yeah. a, got a brand new studio out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> we're not in a cold, uh, like, spare room that has uh, two inches of space from side to side. Yeah, once I got used to it. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> <No>. kidding. <laughs> I've been in his house. Well, a total of the entire last podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a whole new world. But yeah, that's why we're some weeks late. But we're going to play some catch-up, release this episode tonight, and then we'll record another episode tonight as well. But I'll release that sometime over the weekend, and then we'll have two more coming early next week. So Double time, double time. Just when you miss this, you're going to be sick of us. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, oh yeah. Over that span, that time span as well, we asked for nominations for the podcast awards. The nominations came out, and we did not get nominated. But still, appreciate anybody. <laughs> we got robbed, but uh, snubbery. But I do appreciate anyone that did nominate us for that. Maybe next year, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But let's get into the reviews. This week it's kind of a Sundance theme because we'll be reviewing Whiplash and we decided to do American Splendor to go along with that in our top five Sundance premiered movies. But first we're going to start with the best animated feature at this year's Oscars, Big Hero 6. Yeah. It's about a kid hero who is a bot. He's a little kid who is really into bot fighting in this semi-futuristic Slash alternate reality, San Fran Tokyo. San, San Fran Tokyo. Yeah. I want to move there. <laughs> I, I like that idea. That was pretty pretty neat. But uh, he gets into bot fighting. His his there him and his brother. Uh, want to remember his name? Takashi, I think. Yes, yeah, something along the lines of that. Yeah, they Takashi live. Kamamoto or something yes, like that. That sounds right. They live with their aunt because their parents died. Just like every other Disney movie. <laughs> and they're super intelligent kids for their age. Hero gets into his brother's college, this technical college where they're just inventing things left and right. And they are doing a, some kind of presentation with your newest inventions. And there's an incident where Takashi is killed in an explosion. And the movie goes from there where Hero tries to f- figure out what happened and forms a superhero team with the kids from the school. And the lovable Baymax was his brother's <laughs> creation that becomes his best friend. And that's basically what the movie's about. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary of it all. 
What were your expectations going in since this was best animated feature winner? Um, I didn't have any expectations. <laughs> I have not been very impressed with most animated movies over the last, I don't know how many years it's really been. <laughs> a lot. I just, I'm not a big fan of the uh, really dumbing down kids' movies. Like, I understand they're children and you can't have, like, you know, like s- sexual themes and whatever, whatever that may be. But I just, it's so for- spoon fed, I guess yeah. you would say. So, I wasn't very excited going into this movie, but I had an open mind going into it. I didn't think I was going to, like, completely hate it or anything yeah. like that. Well, it, I saw it in theaters when it came out. I took uh, my daughter Mackenzie to it. And I think that is the first movie she ever sat 100% through the entire thing quietly and paid attention. And she loved it. She kept asking me, when when can we watch this movie again? When can we watch this movie again? So <laughs> I pre-ordered it on Blu-ray and pretty much have watched it every single day since it came in the mail a few weeks ago. Yeah, save the mail. So yes, a couple of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. <laughs> I haven't seen like the whole movie all the way through, probably since I got it. But I've seen the beginning a lot, <laughs> and then I'll come back in the room every once in a while and see chunk, large chunks, over and over again. Uh, I was excited because I love Marvel movies. I love because I was a comic book geek. And I like yeah. the Marvel films. And this was Marvel's first animated movie, teamed with Disney. Seemed like a pretty good fit. The preview made it look okay, and uh, went in with semi-high expectations, and I felt like it kind of met my expectations. I liked it a lot. Didn't love it. Not my favorite animated film of the year, so I probably wouldn't have voted for it for Best Animated Feature, but I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. I I was pleasantly surprised. I... First off, I didn't realize going into it that Marvel had anything to do with it. I probably would have had a little bit higher expectations. Just seems like even if not everything they do is great, there's a touch of quality to everything. Like yeah, there's sort of something you expect. I haven't hated anything they've done. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Except maybe Iron Man two. I guess I wouldn't say I hated it, but it's definitely the weakest for me. I think just... Agents um, of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't get into. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like their TV shows. Kind of whatsoever, to be completely (laughs) honest. But, uh, I mean, you gotta go through some learning, growing pains with that kind of stuff, I imagine. But... Like Iron Man, for instance, I just think Robert Downey Jr.'s character is redeemable enough to make those films watchable. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather watch like Iron Man than the Spider-Man movies to be completely honest I think the first Spider-Man movie that really kind of jump started this the whole craze the whole yeah. craze was pretty good but ever since then I don't know if I've hated any of them but I haven't really gone out of my way or really liked them although I haven't seen the most recent one so I can't well, I have an opinion on that. It's not amazing. <laughs> but uh, they're going to keep trying. So Yeah, know, well, he's in the... Um, he's going to be a Captain America 3. Yeah, he's in the stuff. universe now. Yeah, So that might help things. <laughs> but as an animated movie, first thing you think of when you think of an animated movie is the, the look of the film. And this is a 3D CGI animation just like most of the animated movies nowadays yeah. are. 
But I, I felt like it had a really good look to it. I did too. It almost had a touch Pixar. You can tell it's not a Pixar movie. Yeah. But it, it had a more of a comic booky, like a Pixar and comic books kind of mesh. It would sort of be a similar look. I yeah. feel like. And I like I said, I do like the San Fran Tokyo. Yeah, I like the creation. blending of cultures yeah. in that. Because if you think about it, San Francisco is the startup capital of the world, like with computer apps and all that good stuff. It's kind of progressive. And then Tokyo is culturally not progressive, but technologically. And Yeah. Character designs. I mean, this is a superhero team movie, basically. Uh, I didn't think they did anything outstanding. Well, I thought some of the stuff was creative, like the microbots. Yeah. I like that idea. And Baymax is the star of the show. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of like the marshmallow guy in uh, Ghostbusters in a way. Yeah. Like we were talking about right before we started, he basically is a cor- corollary to Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Talks a little bit more of a variety. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he's just the the quiet, do as he's told, basically, from his master guy and and as things play out further in the movie, it's similar as well. Yeah. He has all the... Most of the comedic scenes are Baymax, like, after he... He's low on battery after they had to run out to do something, and and getting him into the house and back into his charger past their aunt, it's like a skit of a kid coming home drunk after he spent a <laughs> night out, you know, I trying to sneak through... <laughs> it's just yeah, that, that's pretty creative. That was good. I thought the humor was pretty good in the movie. It was not yeah. it was subtle enough, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story is basically just your typical Marvel movie, predictable, beat by beat. Here's how it goes, but just with the cool like visual slapped on top of it. Yeah, and as a it's a kid's movie, so I think that's all you really need for a first entry in something like this. It was successful enough to be a franchise. I'm pretty sure I heard that there is a sequel coming at I some point. I can definitely see it being two or three movies. Yeah. So, uh, I would say it's a fun movie, and I don't mean that. I know a lot of people use that word as a... Pejorative? Yeah, just... I didn't really like it, but I don't want to say bad things about <laughs> it. But it really is. It's just a... You watch the first 20 minutes, you essentially know what's going to happen, but you're in for the ride, and it's a pretty good time. Yeah, and I like how it opens with the bot fighting. It's you know, First thing you see is just the robots fighting. You think it could be full-size, real robots attacking, and then it slowly pulls back. You can see a crowd behind, and you can start to tell that it's toys, or at least mini robots that yeah. it's not as serious as you first assumed. <laughs> I just like how they did that, and uh, yeah, I like his uh, robot. Yeah, how it just looked like a rag doll. Yeah, and they were kind of hating on him, and then it's like magnetic or something. Yeah. It essentially, just comes apart and takes over the other robots and beats yeah. them with their own weapons. The weakest look. He he does a con. He's like the hustler, Paul Newman here, little Paul Newman. He's uh Oh, I've never done this before. Is this enough money? And then he <laughs> loses on purpose. Can I try again? And then he has this huge wad of cash, and it's like, okay. That um, that really surprised me. Like going into this movie, like I said, I didn't think 
a whole lot yeah. of going into it, but the first thing they opened with is blatant gambling. Yeah. And, a <laughs> and kid, hustling. And like a 10-year-old. <laughs> this 12-year-old who's not just like a normal, precocious, cuddly 12-year-old. I mean, he's more adult, and it makes sense because his parents were killed. Super smart. And I like how they kind of use the whole gambling thing as not really even... They're not like promoting it whatsoever. It's essentially a lesson from his brother that sort of do you can have way. money that doesn't mean you're successful. Yeah. Essentially, you can do something better for the world by, yeah. and that's how he kind of gets into the whole college thing. And Tadashi, I really hope that is his name because I'm going to keep saying it. But <laughs> he is basically just there to be the guy that gets hero from where he is in the beginning to where he needs to be to form this team. Yeah. But I did like their chemistry together. I kind of wish... I, I wish he would have been longer. Yeah, would have been in a movie longer. Maybe in the sequel, he lived or something. Who knows? It could happen. <laughs> but I did like their interactions. It felt like a real brother relationship. Yeah, it's definitely felt legitimate. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of how I am with my youngest brother, Brooks. Yeah, I could see that. Um... This is a team superhero movie. We, I think Hero and Baymax are great. Good characters. And their interactions together, I think, are some of the best stuff in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Here's a test. Can you name any of the other characters' names? Yeah, I think my silence um, <laughs> answered that question. That's my biggest problem with the movie. I almost wish it wasn't a team movie. It was just Hero and Baymax. I, I agree. I think it would be more interesting that way. I don't think the other guys were that interesting. Some comic relief here and there. But they really didn't have a whole lot of impact. No, no not at all. I've seen the movie so many times that I can name them. <laughs> Wasabi. The black guy with the... Uh, they are all named after food or something like that, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's basically a guy that has a a laser knife that comes out of his hand that can cut through anything. Go go, the Asian girl that has like a bike wheels on her feet. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Honey Lemon is the girl who throws colored balls at things, <laughs> and she says, "Hero, hiddle." Yeah, well, hiddle. Um, the whole. Hero is actually a play on a Japanese name. Yeah. I only know this because I was a big fan of Gundam Wing. And, and Heroes, the main character is Hiro Huey. In the TV show Heroes on, from NBC. The Hiro Nakamura. Yeah. So, and the last so what's one is... What's his name? Hiro Takashi? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's what his name in the movie is. Hiro Takashi. But they spell it H-E-R-O though. Yeah. Though movie sake and yeah. I understand why but and last guy on the team is just Fred who's voiced by T.J. <laughs> Miller and he's just a guy in a, a mascot outfit basically he's the one guy that the second he opened his mouth in that movie I, I knew exactly who it was yes yeah. he's everywhere lately it seems like yeah without even being knowing his face just especially his voice but he's in uh, what is that show on HBO um the tech company. Yeah, I actually, I really enjoy it. It was pretty good. Uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, exactly. He was in Transformers, which was terrible, but yeah, he was I, in there. I didn't see the 
And I think I've seen the first Transformers, a little bit of the second. Yeah, have not seen okay. anything? No. <laughs> I'm, uh, we'll get into this another day with Michael Bay. No. He might be the, the worst, most successful <laughs> director ever. Yeah, I... He's sort of the equivalent of that one German guy that makes crappy video game movies. Uh, his name eludes me he right now. He did Postal. Yeah, Postal. <laughs> and and he thinks he's a good director, though, is the thing that kind of blows my mind. But I think Michael Bay would be a good like producer. Maybe. With I don't someone know. else at the helm. But I think he'd be a good director of like uh, music videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he might have done in his past but um, let's see. The villain. What did you think of the villain? It's this guy who steals Hero's microbots, which was his presentation at the college, his invention, where he had something on his head where anything you think the microbots will do. Which, great idea. Not yeah. really used to its fullest. You don't no. see too many creative things when it's your imagine. Everything's up to your imagination. Felt like they could have done some uh, cooler things. Yeah, I, I agree. They didn't really mm. push the envelope on that whole thing. Um, I don't know. But I, I thought he was a pretty basic bad guy for the Kabuki most part. Kabuki mask steals the microbots. Yeah, it was pretty by the numbers. I guess scary in his first appearance when they first like it's just Baymax and Hero and. The microbots start moving and they're running away from him. That was when I thought he was the most effective. But the more you see of him, the less threatening he is. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not trying to blame the movie on that. I don't know how much more they could have really done with that particular... Like, they could have been a little more creative how they used the bots, yes. But I don't know. I don't know how much it would have lent to the movie if they made him more sinister. Yeah, true. But... And... The reveal of who he is, I won't say, but it, it's set up in a way that you know it's not going to be the obvious thing, so that makes it obvious. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? There's only so many different people it could be, and uh, I, I actually was wrong in my prediction the first time I saw it in the movies, but yeah, I he, thought it was he was my second obvious, choice. Obvious, yeah, one, he was my second they choice. They went to the second obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's too much more to say. I would have picked the Lego movie or How to Train Your Dragon 2 over this for Best Animated Feature, but I'm not mad that it won. No, I wouldn't. I, I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon 2. I have seen the first one. I did like it. Um, yeah. I, I did not like the Lego movie personally. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised. I was like, my cousin Sean actually one day was like, I love this movie. He put it on, and I was just like, what are we watching right now? But also, I don't have a kid. If I had a kid, it would <laughs> yeah. be a little bit... I would be more actively mm -hmm. trying to enjoy these kinds of things. But It's a good movie to be high on sugar to watch. Because <laughs> it's so frenetic and high-paced and constant. It's like a movie. Yeah. But, yeah, this was, this was fun. And it is Mackenzie's favorite movie of all time. And she's Big got, Hero 6. She's... <laughs> Been around the block, right? <laughs> yeah, she's seen about four or five movies. <laughs> she loved the Lego movie. I think she likes Big Hero 6 more. Frozen is one of hers. And 
The box trolls, surprisingly. Maybe one day we'll have to do a Mackenzie top ten. Once she gets to ten yeah. movies. <laughs> I'll try to get her to rank them. Let's see, <laughs> see how that goes. I actually got her watching Survivor. She And she's rooting for the blue team. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was proud of that. Uh, let's move on to the Sundance theme. Whiplash, a movie that was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. A movie that won... For Best Supporting Actor, J.K. Simmons, Best Editing, and Best Sound Mixing, I believe. I think it won three Oscars, and let's get into if we think it deserved it or not, but it's a movie about a kid who is going to, uh, is it Schaefer? Yes, I can't believe it. Is that a real school, or is it supposed to be that one? uh, Juilliard? Yeah, it's supposed to be like, I think Juilliard is just a school of the arts. Right. But I don't know I, if I mean, it's I, real I don't or not. Really know. The Schaefer Institute for Performing Arts or something is where he's going. He wants to be the best of the best. He's a jazz drummer. And he finds a way to get into this famous teacher's class who's known for being tough. To say the least. Tough, but <laughs> seemingly gets a lot out of his students and is a perfectionist and he just wants the best for his stu- his uh his students. Yeah. And uh this guy he he kind of takes to it and he the movie just goes along and it's basically their relationship and to see his progression as a music- musician and as a person uh, made by yeah. Damien Chazelle directed it. I think it's his second movie he ever directed. Yeah, they said when I was reading Generally about it, it said his sophomore tent. Yeah. That's second, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and starring Miles Teller as the drummer and J.K. Simmons as the teacher. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Allstate commercials are amazing. <laughs> yeah, I should have won an Oscar for that. Uh, what were your expectations going to... Had you heard of this? Um, yeah, I had heard about it and I knew it did well at the Oscars. Uh, won uh, Palm d'Or, I believe, at Sundance in 2014, which is like the the main prize. Oh, uh, okay. At the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of ex. Not like I had bad expectations, but I just didn't really know what I was exactly getting into. Mm-hmm. But I was interested to definitely watch the film especially since it did so well yeah I was super excited to see it I kept hearing so many great things about it I didn't hear I don't know if I heard a single bad thing about this movie I, from I, anyone I was looking specifically actually <laughs> last night for if anyone was hating on it really and it was it was hard to find yeah <laughs> but at the same time I didn't have, like, these huge expectations, because, I mean, it's about a jazz drummer. Yeah. It's a Sundance movie. This isn't, like, the next Martin Scorsese f- film. You know, it's not, like, this dense thing, but I was really looking forward to watching it, and it even surpassed my expectations pretty heavily. Really? I love this movie. Well, when I was getting about to watch this movie, I saw it was either a DVD cover or a poster, and it had... 40 quotes on it. Astounding, <laughs> exhilarating, yeah. amazing. And I I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't see what people see in it. Really? I really don't. Oh, I, wow. I thought the acting was good. Acting's incredible. 
I I liked the main character's reason, like when he's talking to his family at the table, and they're like, yeah. "There's just a drummer," and he's like, "You played Division Three football." <laughs> yeah, like I liked that. I I really did, but it I don't know. I didn't really like just didn't much it about it to be completely. Wow, honest. I was like, surprised. I was. It was a roller coaster movie for me. It was very like. At my first like fifteen minutes, I was like, "This is like the rich white version of Drumline." It's not. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, "Wow, this movie's starting to really come along." And then I was like, "I don't know about this movie again." And then it ended, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh man, I thought I liked it so much. I watched it again. It was the last movie I watched before I went to Disney World, and then. A week later when we got back, it was the first movie I watched when we got back. <clears throat> I thought the last scene, 20 minutes or so, was just completely exhilarating. Like, I've never been so pumped up, I don't think, watching a movie like, yeah, come on, come on. Uh, well, I'll get into more of that scene in a little bit. But, um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, Miles Teller, he... <clears throat> Excuse me. Continues to impress as a young actor. Oh, oh absolutely. I, I, like I said, I, I like both actors. I, I liked the acting in it, and I don't know. It's not even that the subject didn't interest me. It's just how it all came together. I just did not really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like personally, for me, if someone treated me to the point that I was gonna like almost commit suicide or something like that <laughs> yeah not that the main character does anything like that but I'm just saying for example like I wouldn't put up with that crap I probably would shove my drumstick up where the sun don't shine you know what I mean like yeah. <laughs> and it's like the age old debate what's the best way to teach somebody yeah and I <laughs> I highly disagree with the whole like I understand where he was coming from like if you told that guy good job yeah he would have just thought that of good it. job but when you demoralize the thing you can say to, to the point where they don't care about it anymore it doesn't really yeah and i played baseball my whole life growing up and i've seen all kinds not to this extreme obviously yeah i think that's kind of the point but it's not for me that kind of teaching is not for me the hard tough love is just i get them like it just makes me steal on my mistakes more and and tense up and not just relax and do the best that I can. I'm yeah, like, absolutely. Makes it not fun anymore. And then you, I didn't feel like I don't know. It kind of ruined it for me personally. That I, that kind of stuff. I agree with it. But I think I, if you're going to teach that way, you have to use both. You have yeah. to be hard on someone, but you have to you reinforce have to read it. them. You have to assess each person's personality, and I do think it can work for some people. Like. I heard uh, a Maryland basketball fan, Grievous Vasquez and, and Gary Williams, apparently were like, perf in that sense, hard as crap on each other, like but yelling it, it, but it just made them both better. I can see how it can work for some people, but definitely not for everybody. And, uh, and to, not to that extent. You I, gotta <laughs> play, you gotta teach like strategically, I feel like, for every single person individually. I just, I'm. Um... Actually, I learned this, I mean, not that it's professional. Like, the first restaurant I ever worked in, I never worked in a kitchen in my life, and they put me at this restaurant that seats thousands of people a night, and they threw me on the line. I was the weakest link, but my boss, 
I was clearly the weakest link, by the way. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, but he put time into me. He was hard on me, but that yeah. was sort of his project. And what it, I ended up being one of the best people at the place because, and working the hardest job there because they, they kind of threw me in the deep end and told me to swim. Yeah. But at the same time, if I was drowning, they threw me in <laughs> a life vest. A life vest, you yeah. know what I mean? They let me come back up for air and try again. Yeah. But as for the character, J.K. Simmons, he won Best Supporting Actor. Do you agree with that? Because I, I think I do. Um, I thought he was amazing as this guy. And not even just because he's ranting and raving and throwing shit, but he adds some dimensions to him, like the way he Oh, he's definitely tricks. a deep, complex character. Yeah. He's like constantly manipulating people, constantly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he would have been my choice, Yeah, I still, but I don't disagree with him winning it. I think he did do a great job. Yeah, I still haven't seen probably all the movies that I need to see before I could say exactly who my favorite supporting actor was, yeah. but he's definitely up there for me. I thought he was fantastic and funny, I mean, in a bad way. I'm actually laughing a lot. While at the same time realizing how terrible of a person yeah. he is, like <laughs> he tells the like the saxophone, stop sucking it like it's your boyfriend's dick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think if the movie wasn't so hyped and just given no criticism, essentially, I probably would have maybe enjoyed it more. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the thing I exhilarate I didn't think it was an exhilarating movie at all I, I thought it was a good movie you didn't like the music I love the music and I don't even like I don't know if I like jazz I don't... yeah I, I think jazz is one of those things if it wasn't around it wouldn't be good for anybody but nobody really just and I'm sorry if you're a fan of jazz but generally speaking nobody just jams <laughs> out to jazz yeah. anymore unless you're, like, you're from New Orleans, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. I, I think we need that kind of music, but I think people put a little bit too much... They live in the past a little bit too much. It's like, if it isn't old, it isn't relevant. But I think a hundred years from now, people will look at rap the same way they looked at jazz or the blues. It's just because it's been there that... Music's it's constantly important. evolving. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, I used to get in an argument with one of the guys I worked with at one of the restaurants. He was a big music guy. and He used to tell me that hip-hop was stupid, whatever, and all he wanted to hear was real jazz or rock and roll or whatever. And I was like, well, if you were born in 1901 or whatever, you would have felt the same way about jazz. <laughs> and he adamantly was like, absolutely disregarded that I was like I don't know that's how they just thought it was all oh, these stupid young kids playing this loud music mm. or whatever but now that it's been around so long it's easy to look back with your first tinted glasses or whatever yeah. definitely and uh, and the movie also won best editing which I completely agree with I would agree with that it was it's so, it was so good at showing like just him playing the drums, cutting from here to there to there. And I just felt like it really immersed you into the experience and made you feel like you were in the room with him or you were him. The only thing I didn't like about the editing is 
I didn't expect that actor to become a world-class drummer just for the role. But there's a lot of scenes Apparently where they clearly... He, oh, I, I'm sure he is drumming sometimes, yeah. but they clearly cut out his hands or yeah. cut out his face yeah. at certain points of the movie. But I felt like it was done in a way that... But it, it's it tasteful believable. and believe Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, I don't know, but... Another thing I really loved about the movie was his progression as a character, as in his real life with his with his girlfriend or whatever, his uh, relationships with his parents, I mean with his dad or with his girlfriend, completely mirrored his progression as a drummer. In the beginning, he's going to the movies with his dad. He's timid, too shy to say anything to the the girl that gets in the popcorn. And in the beginning, he's just in the remedial, I mean, the beginner's class, basically, before he gets into Schaefer's, not Schaefer, uh, what was his, the character's name? Um, Terrence. Terrence. I could see the uh, chalkboard. Yeah. I know. For the, uh, the but getting place. into J.K. Simmons' class, he's just, like, sitting there, happy to be back up to the other guy. And then as he gets pulled into this class and his confidence grows, he has to go out on a date. He starts getting really good at drumming. He gets all cocky with with his girlfriend, and it kind of just goes completely mirrored. Yeah, it's it definitely. I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like how his relationship with his dad played out more yeah. so than his girlfriend. Like you said, that dinner table scene. Yeah, that he was... becomes <laughs> right on one hand, but also a complete dick. Yeah, and it kind of just shows. That the arrogance you can have when you become successful at something. But at the same time, I can kind of relate to him where it's sort of like where you pick You feel a, bad for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's like his... I don't his, know. His, what are, they, are they his brothers or his cousins? I'm guessing it's his cousins. Yeah. they. I'm not saying it's the easy route, but they took the sports route, like but you said, at a Division three college. He, yeah. He's a, doing something at a, such a high level that he's probably in the top... Two percent of people, one or two percent. Yeah, and it's going under, um, not appreciated at all. Even like his one cousin says, uh, a music competition. What's that like? Subjective? And he was like, No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I could relate to him where you don't get respect for that because I used to draw a specific kind of drawing, and I get all I ever heard was that's stupid. Yeah. I used to draw graffiti basically I didn't break the law or anything like that but everyone just told me how stupid it was and all and I was just like if I, I enjoy it and it passes the time what, and, what does it hurt in you yeah. you know and that's what that's how I could relate to him I yeah. could use art instead of music but. and even me to me this podcast I can put in that place Yeah, I feel proud that I've done over 100 episodes of this podcast for two years straight and then people, I'll tell my mom or anybody, and it's like, well, that's great. Yeah, or, or like, do you like, make money off of it? Or yeah. It's like, why do I have to? Yeah. I mean, if, if you made money off something, that's great, but like, yeah. is that what it's really, and I'm it's not about saying that, that this podcast is even half as good as the, the best ones out there, but I mean, I'm doing it, we're doing it, and I don't know. You You're think, persistent, yeah, I mean... Consistent, you know, what I mean? yeah, it's, and it's just like, oh, that's so nice, or that's cool, but there's no real interest, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I kind of could see where he's coming from there. 
But yeah, I, I think a lot of people could really relate to the movie in the if you yeah look in at a it. lot of different ways. Yeah, because you just because it's jazz drumming. I mean, can you basically your work, your hobbies, anything yeah, that I mean, you want to be drumming, good at? It couldn't be. I couldn't relate to that no. whatsoever. But I mean, it the trials and tribulations he goes through. But another that same scene, I like how you, in the beginning of the scene you feel sorry for him. You're 100% on his side. Yeah. And then there's a certain point where he's becomes a dick. You're still on his side, but you're like, ooh, why you did you... that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, the best way I can describe this movie is human. Yeah. It's yeah. probably... It's... No one's perfect. And no one... I don't think anybody's really completely bad either. Like his teacher. Mm -hmm. he, like when he meets him when he's out at the yeah. bar or whatever. Like he... He actually has a personality mm -hmm. and stuff. But. And there is a incident that happens towards the end of the movie. Not the last scene, but kind of like half an hour before the end of the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, when he has to get to a certain place by a certain time. Uh, yeah. Something happens. Um, that... Was a little contrived for me. <laughs> That's one of my minor. Nitpicks. Yeah, I I was going to mention that myself. Actually, I was like, eh, I I guess I saw where you're going with it, but a little. Yeah, I don't want to get too into it because it's a yeah. little bit of spoiler ter territory. But I felt like they completely made up for it because the final scene, which I think is like 20 minutes long, there's so many dimensions to it, and that was that's the note it leaves you on. He goes in. He, th it's such a battle back and forth between these guys. The teacher, uh, Miles Teller, does something that affects the teacher, but he doesn't think the teacher knows that he did it. They meet. Hey, everything's cool. Do something for me. All right. Yeah, maybe I will. He completely screws the kid over. Yeah. The kid is re dejected. But then he turns the tables on the teacher again. And then somehow, in the end, they're perfectly in line and bring the best out of both of each, each other. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I don't know. The way it ended, I thought, was perfect. One of my favorite endings in a movie in a long time. I thought it was interesting. I just I didn't feel like it was realistic. Really? Yeah. I, I just don't think that would happen. Well, it kind of leaving and then or not leaving but you know, I felt I mean, like it was giving up and then I, taking over like I just did I really felt like it was because alright spoilers I'm not going to go deep into spoilers but if you're sensitive to it maybe skip ahead two minutes uh, I love how he ruined uh, J.K. Simmons career basically so that he's like alright I'm going to get this kid back because he said these people will never forget if you screw up once you're pretty much done in this business. So he, he screws him up. Yeah. They know who he is. His, basically, his career is over. He's walking off and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. This is, they're only probably the last time I ever drum, so I'm just <laughs> going to go fucking crazy. See, I mean, I respect that. I, I like that, but the way I see it is he didn't ruin J.K. Simmons' career. J.K. Simmons kind of ruined his own career. True. And but he didn't from really his perspective, I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I understand that. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like the characters liked each other enough where they ended up 
could have been able to respect each other. It was a cool ending. Don't get me wrong. I just... If it really happened... I don't know. It would be... I don't know. I, I, I was just... I'm so indifferent about this movie. There's some yeah. things I really love, and then there's other things I just... And then again, like I said, if I wasn't so, like... If the movie wasn't so overhyped. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. I feel like someone had to be a little bit critical of the movie. It's it's a great movie, but it's not perfect. It's, no, it's definitely not. Because another nitpick I had was... The first time I watched the movie, this didn't bother me at all. But the second time I noticed it more was... I feel well. How long does the whole movie take? Like one year of school? You yeah, say? I think roughly it's about a year. He, I felt like his progression was a little fast. Yeah, I don't think how he could go from this. I'm sure he was good in the beginning, but it just seemed like he got too good too fast. It, every even the ups and the downs, it seemed like it happened really fast. Once I started thinking about it more, yeah, I think they should have at least made it more clear that he was that talented from the beginning. To begin with, yeah, it's just and you it had just to work your way it just up. seemed like he would spend one night practicing nonstop, and then all of a sudden he's got it. Yeah, obviously, I think the idea is what he was doing that for a longer period of time, but again, it's a nitpick. It wasn't a big problem for me, but it just seemed like it was really quick. Yeah, I, th I think the director was just trying to convey that it was all starting to come together for mm -hmm. him. Yeah. He had it, it just was in pieces. Yeah. But because they, they didn't do kid. the best job of conveying that yeah. to the viewer. But yeah, um, wow, we forgot to give a rating for Big Hero 6. Uh, I give it <laughs> solid seven and a half, I guess. Alright, I give it an eight. Solid eight. Yeah. Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. I'll give Whiplash an eight. Alright, that's better than it sounded like. Yeah, like I said, I did enjoy the movie. It was a... movie is better made than most. But... I guess the, my rating's more out of respect. Yeah. Than my personal preference in the movie. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to what this guy does next. Yeah, absolutely. I I want to watch yeah. his next film. And I'm, I'm more interested in the actors as well. Yeah. Miles Teller, he's going to be Mr. Fantastic in a new Fantastic Four this year. Oh, yeah, I did see the trailer. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about movies is finding a new director that you love. Or at least someone that you can look forward to their movies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, that discovery process is really cool. But I would give it a light nine and a half out of ten. That's right. my number three movie of 2014, hmm. behind Boyhood and Gone Girl. So let's move on to another Sundance movie, *In American Splendor*, the Paul Giamatti-led film <laughs> about Harvey Pekar. It's kind of a half documentary, half scripted film. Yeah, I I thought that the whole concept in the movie was very interesting <laughs> yeah that it's uh, basically just a biopic of Harvey Picard who was a bitter low life who kind of <laughs> got into comic book writing and went on to have these famous appearances on David Letterman and had an interesting life yeah for sure I mean <laughs> this was a highly acclaimed film it's a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes considered one of the best Movies to ever premiere at Sundance, and uh, we thought we'd catch up with it. Yeah. What did you think? 
I I enjoyed the movie more than I enjoyed the person it was about. Um, I thought I thought it was a pretty good movie. I in the beginning I completely related, or not completely related to him, but like he says, uh, regular life's pretty deep stuff. Like yeah. I thought that was yeah. a pretty cool way to look at it, but. In the bigger picture, he's not that interesting of a person. It's just more of the things around him that happen because he yeah. is that person. Yeah. Which is very interesting, actually. But the, how about you? I I love Paul Giamatti. Uh, I, I agree with you. And I'd been wanting to see this for a while, hearing so many great things. I I liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Especially love the style of the movie. I did. It was uh, so refreshing, really. Yeah, they kind of blended the comic book's visual style because he was known for his comic books. So mm-hmm. they really, really integrated that into the movie where they'd have little comic panels showing what happened and then blend into the movie and then go to the actual interview with the real Harvey Picard and I just thought that was really cool and it kept me interested in what maybe if they just would have played it straight might not have been as interesting to me I agree with you totally um, I thought like I said I, the person's not the interesting is so much the people around him and the things that happened around him <laughs> and uh, Paul Giamatti's amazing yes and, he is um, amazing but I do think that style it kind of cuts down on like you know when you see a biopic and it's not completely the truth. Yeah. It's kind of stretched. I thought that kind of mitigated the Yeah, because it's like, thing. obviously, we're going to... Maybe we'll stretch the truth a little bit here. Because it, it kind of felt like you're reading a comic book. Yeah. And you don't have to take everything as 100% fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite scene in the movie is when it kind of cuts... There's a scene with Paul Giamatti and um, Harvey Picard's friend who's... Like uh, as has Asperger's or is on the autistic spectrum, yeah. and they cut and they show him walk over to like a bench or whatever their seats, and then it pans over and it's the real Harvey Picard and the real guy having a conversation, <laughs> and in the background you can see Paul Giamatti like leaning in, obviously watching him listening and like laughing as they're having this conversation. I just thought that was awesome. I thought it was definitely two of the most. The best depictions of real people, like <laughs> yeah, and you get to see that yeah. at that scene specifically. What, what is he talking about? The jelly beans? Yeah, exactly. How I'm can gonna... you tell the, the flavor just from looking at it? How I do you know if it's cinnamon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy was good. But it's yeah. like interest in that guy is so genuine. He's like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. you have to eat him first. I get, I understand yeah. that. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, when the movie first introduced this character at the library, he was slow. I felt like. Paul G. Uh, Harvey Picar, the, the guy was gonna like make fun of him, or I thought he was gonna just be a, a throwaway character that got in the way. But they had a real genuine friendship, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was I, pretty I, cool to see. I thought it was a pretty cool friendship and yeah. all that. Like, I definitely expected the same thing. He just kind of wrote him off. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the real one was there, so I guess they're still pretty close, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, and the movie's funny too. I feel like. Yeah, it's a. Uh, some people might have to warm up to the humor a little bit. It's a self-deprecating kind of humor. humor. Yeah. Like, 
Especially when they had the voiceover, and then all of a sudden, it's like they reveal that it's the actual Harvey Picard doing the voiceover, and then the, the director's like, is it weird to read this? Yeah, the, the humor is kind of like that pessimistic and um, generalizing a little bit, the pessimistic Jewish yeah, kind yeah. of, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't really come from that sort of area, but I, like I'm just saying like New York City or something like that. Yeah. But he, what is that when you think you're always sick? Hypochondriac. Like little, yeah, he's sort of like a hypochondriac type. Yeah, his voice character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did think um, his friendship with uh, what's was this Bob Crumb? Yeah, his name. I thought that was really interesting because I had actually heard of uh, him. Heard of Fritz the Cat yeah. and stuff like that, and just to see how odd of a guy he was. And how different his comics yeah, I thought are the from guy, him. Yeah, I thought the guy that played Bob Crumb was really good too. Yeah, like I looked him up, like what he actually looks like and all, and he, he really did kind of look like him. <laughs> the fascinating thing is it's this completely ordinary guy, or even like, like you would never expect to be on Letterman to be, <laughs> you know, a writer of a very popular comic book that's just about everyday normal shit yeah and it just happened to be at the right place at the right time they're the right people yeah it's amazing how that happens how like a small community or whatever will have these three four people and being somebody and they all knew each other and they're and the fact that he knows the people that he's popular for like not because people think he's this amazing talented Guy, like he knows Dave Letterman keeps having him back because he's so weird and because it's so. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool too. He even explains that. Yeah, like, I, I'll let him take a couple shots at me. Yeah, to... I love that. Yeah, just I... the self awareness to be able to have that perspective was really cool. Yeah, it was that quality is so outside of what you would expect. Yeah, him to be. Well, you would expect him to be self conscious, yeah. and and especially in a Hollywood movie, like. They will never, almost never depict someone like that. No, it's, it's no a one great has movie. Any self awareness, <laughs> you know, unusual Hollywood movies. But uh, I don't think anyone but Paul Giamatti could have been him. Yeah, it's hard to imagine it because he just—it just seemed to fit. Yeah, and it's really weird because the real guy you're seeing both, so you'd think that make it harder to buy in, but it didn't at all. I do think that's what he even says like he doesn't even look anything like me or nothing he kind of does when he's younger or whatever but yeah and um, then he gets a wife which she's a weird character yeah very strange actually (laughs) but she is pretty important to him like well I don't think spoiler the cancer oh yeah um, film club we spoil everything Oh, okay. I forgot to mention that before the review started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if it was even much of a spoiler because it is about yeah. a real person True. and all that good stuff. But, like, she keeps him motivated regardless if yeah. he wants to or not. Like, she knows, I'm just going to start this, he's going to hate it, and he's going to take over. And he denies that until he walks through the door and he's yeah. like, you have it all wrong. And Yeah. I guess that's a theme of his things, though. My whatever year mm-hmm. and that was my cancer year yeah at the end of the movie it says my movie year yeah 
That's how he keeps things going to just make comics about everything. It is interesting, though. It is. It's like a complete opposite approach a of true original. what comics are. Yeah. It just goes to show that you don't have to do what is successful to be successful. It sounds weird, but you don't have to just follow the trends. You yeah, can, sometimes you just have to fill a void. You have to do you. Yeah. Do what you feel is interesting to yourself uh, and I did like that how they adopted that girl towards the end that was kind of a nice bell and everything yeah it, how he hates kids he never wants to have kids towards the end yeah but then you can tell like he's completely like he's sort of infatuated yeah. with the kid like it kind of melted his heart a little bit yeah absolutely softened him up because <laughs> there's like that one scene where you kind of like He's not, like, dismissing the kid, but he's just kind of, like, asking her questions yeah. and saying, I'm going to make a comic. I'm like, oh, yeah? <laughs> About what? Yeah. Again, just like he treated uh, his friend uh, with respect and, like, a, just a normal human being, he treats this girl, this young girl, with the same amount of respect. Yeah, I doesn't think that's infantilize a... it doesn't, like, talk down. Just has normal oh, conversations. It's a great quality. Not a lot of it people is. really have it. They look at everyone the same. It's a very yeah. like human yeah. way of looking at things. But well, yeah, I mean the style of the movie and uh, the acting is what really won it over for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd um, give it a heavy eight out of ten. I, I was going to say the same thing. Definitely a solid eight out of ten. Nice. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't watch the movie if you're super depressed, but at the same time, if you're going through a hard time, you might be able to relate yeah. to the guy, you know? And also, it shows, like, you can be depressed and miserable, but you can eventually... That doesn't mean you're always going to be. You can find yeah. a way to dig yourself out. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's get into our top five movies that premiered at Sundance Film Festival. All right. Now, Sundance, I guess... You could say is the most famous or popular film festival. Yeah. Had you heard of it? It's absolutely. I've heard of Sundance. Um, I think the only other film festival I've really ever heard of is the one in. Uh, Can. Yeah, is that the Italian one? It's in France. Oh, uh, France. Yeah. Okay. Can Film Festival. That's. Can. And that's I think I, there's one. one in like Berlin or in Germany. There is or a something. Berlin one. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Toronto is a really big one as well. TIFF. But Sundance is usually where the indie movies go. The, you know, the little small-time stories, your your whiplashes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's usually basically young, depressed white people. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's Sundance. So, but there have been a lot, a lot of good movies that have premiered there. Oh, absolutely. And I'll start it off. Okay. With my number five, it's Take Shelter, directed by Jeff Nichols, starring Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. I don't believe, I don't think I've seen that one. Myself. Really? Yeah. Fantastic movie. Absolutely worth looking into. I actually recommended it to Casey for the film club segment uh, last year or the year before, and it ended up being one of his favorite movies of all time. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's about this guy, Michael Shannon. You know who he is, oh, right? Yeah. Boardwalk Empire and... Uh, he's this guy who has a, his family history of mental illness. He keeps having these dreams that this huge storm's coming, basically like the end of the world is coming. And he's 
he's determined that it's going to happen and he's going to build a bomb shelter to save his family and basically the movie is just about how it's affecting him and his family and, and all this stuff hmm. but it is way better than that even sounds it's like powerhouse performance by Michael Shannon like unbelievable uh, yeah. I've always wanted to see more of him uh, Michael Shannon he's a just, great actor yeah I, I so really intense. enjoy him but I just I haven't seen a whole lot with him in it mm-hmm. and also the director Jeff Nichols has turned out to be probably my top five favorite directors up there with the Scorsese's and the Tarantino's <laughs> he he made um, Mud did you see that with Matthew McConaughey um I have I've played it I've never it's always been like I'm laying down, I'm putting a movie on. Right. I but just, I heard good things about that movie. He's always doing the or so far he's always done these like southern, low key, Sundancey style movies, but to me they have a higher quality to them than you would expect from that kind of movie. And oh, his okay. his next movie is actually a science fiction movie, so I think oh. it actually might involve time travel, so his first Hollywood movie, I'm really looking forward to it. Right. We'll see. What's your number five? My number five is Slacker. Richard Linklater. Yeah. Um, this is more a of a nostalgia thing. I, um, I don't know. I had a friend in middle. I don't. When I was in school, basically, <laughs> a long time ago, and he was really into it. And I think that was like the first type of that movie I really watched. And like the. Philosophical. Yeah, Wait, that's not a word. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't just know. talking shit. It's sort of hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I liked the movie when I saw it, but I mean, it's been a long time. I don't see myself liking the movie as much now that I'm older. I just watched it for the first time last year, and I love Richard Linklater films, but this was my probably my least favorite of his. I really just couldn't get into it. I just was bored. I mean, it has some... I can see the qualities that made him become the director that he is, but it just... To me, it was... Sort of growing pain. Kind yeah. Of and a lot of... I, yeah, a lot of people love it, but... Yeah, it seems to be a movie that people either really like or just don't have much interest at all. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that's my number five. All right. Well, my number four is Memento, Christopher Nolan... One of his more popular movies, I guess, besides the Batman films. Yeah. Guy Pierce is a guy who. Wow. Guy Pierce is a guy (laughs) who uh, is having memory lapses and doesn't know what's going on, but he's trying to figure out the death of his wife, I believe. Yeah, I think it's his wife. It's been a while since I've seen it, but. It's either his wife or like a sister. It's like told in reverse order. It's the the way that the story is told is like backwards or in pieces. So you're kind of figuring out what's going on at the same time he is, kind of sort of thing. And again, the style is basically what what brings the best out of it, in my opinion. I thought it was a great movie and uh, one of Christopher Nolan's best. I've uh, I've seen it like the movies made bits and pieces. It's not exactly <laughs> that's not the best uh, way to see that way to. Judge that particular movie, but I've heard good things about it. I've never just had the opportunity to sit down and watch it through yeah. and through. Um, my number four 
is Clerks. That's an so, honorable mention for me. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. Kevin Smith. He's uh, Kevin. It started it all, right? Pretty much. But <laughs> he was in the same kind of spaces, Reservoir Dogs, and he's a guy that just was a kid that had a camera and shot something, and it turned him into a legitimate director. Yeah, I think it's. It, the first one's black and white, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very DIY. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what the interest... Like, I think Clerks is much more interesting than, like, his oh, Jay and Silent Bob. Absolutely. Although, I, I don't dislike those movies. I just think... I don't know. The Hollywoodness didn't no. exactly do them any favors. Yeah. Although, I did like uh, Dogma. That's a good movie. Although, it got played to death. Back when, like, it was Comedy Central or something like that. It was <laughs> yeah. like. Mall Rats. Uh, I've never actually watched that one, actually. Yeah. It's, it's one of my uh, friends. It's favorite. Clerks, but in a mall. I mean. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. My number three is Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine. Have you seen it? It's, uh, it's Ryan Gosling, Michelle Williams. This is a. Uh, Derek Cien France is a director, same guy that did The Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, okay. He, Ryan Gosling, and Michelle Williams. The, it, the movie is split in half. It's kind of like Memento, not like Memento, but it's bits, like chunks. Each scene is past, Some it's in the past, some it's in the future. It's like, throughout the movie, it's jumping around in time. But half of the movie was shot when they were, quote-unquote, young and first dating, you know. Mm-hmm. Like... Getting in, falling in love, getting to know each other. And then they took like a four-week break, gained a bunch of weight, and shot the the other half with uh, when they were married and hate each other. And it's a very dark and depressing movie, but it basically just... It shows how relationships tend to go. You know, you start off, everything's perfect and ideal, and then it leads to... Heartbreak and misery. <laughs> it's it's a really well made, great performance. It's a great direction Pick me up movie. Film. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a date movie. That's for sure. But I think it's legit. I think I initially when you said it, I thought it was that maybe uh, Powder Blue. It's like really it. it pretty much it's a horrible movie. The only no. fame <laughs> is uh, Jessica Biel gets naked or something for the first time. I've never actually seen it myself, but. Adding it to my Netflix list now. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three is Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. The honorable mention. I I don't know. I can't remember why I watched the movie, but I remember seeing a preview for it and being like, it looked kind of dumb or whatever, but I ended up watching it and I really enjoyed it. It's sort of that... Uh, it's the quirky comedy. It's quirky. It's a little bit nihilistic. Um... Well, I don't know. It, the, all the characters together make that movie for me. Like I don't think great cast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny, but it's also it's shot in a way that's like lighthearted and fluffy. But the material is pretty dark. Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> it's very dark at the same time. You know? Yeah, and it's a very strange mixture of feelings you get with that movie. But it's sort of I like the contrast. that's what made me get an attachment to it. A, bit I think but I, I love the grandfather 
Alan Arkin. Yeah. And just how things play. I, I really did enjoy that movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I feel like I liked it more when I saw it than I remember it now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how I feel if I rewatched it. Every it seems like whenever I have doubts about a movie, like, oh, is it gonna be as good as I felt the first time I watched it? It usually is. Usually my first reaction is right. I should just trust it. But it's sometimes like you think back, like, really, was it that good? You know. <laughs> it's one of those for me. My number two is Moon by uh, starring Sam Rockwell. Oh, I would look this is on close to the top of my must watch. I it haven't seen it yet. Is in my top ten movies of all time. Wow. It's probably my favorite sci fi movie ever. Um Sam Rockwell, I love that guy. He's yeah. he's amazing in everything in my opinion. Even though he doesn't usually have like a leading role or or is in these great big movies, but even when he's in bad movies, I feel like he's the standout. Yeah, he definitely makes it watchable. Um, but this, it reminds you of 2001 Space Odyssey in a way because of the talking computer. Um, there's a twist in it that is just awesome. Like, just the mood, the atmosphere. This, it's like a one-man show, basically. It's just Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey being the voice of... Uh, is like computer. Helper. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. It is it was definitely up my alley. Outstanding, and another one I'm scared to rewatch, <laughs> <laughs> just because I was loved it so much the first time I saw it. Um, yeah, I. You can only imagine how much I loved my number one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see him in the Sugar Ray biopic. <laughs> I was making a joke how I think he looks somewhat like the lead singer of Sugar Ray so maybe if they drop a multi-platinum album in the next year or so that'll happen <laughs> and he can play the role he's born to be sort of like Matthew McConaughey and Surfer Dude for me she he screwed out of an Oscar <laughs> <laughs> no, I just always thought he should have been a sterner surfer yeah. guy just how he talks but. <laughs> absolutely number two my number two is 13 this is uh this is actually probably a hard one for some people to watch though. Um, this is a movie I haven't seen. What's this director's name? Oh, how do I like a director so much and not know his name off the top I of my head? I can probably figure it out real quick. As you keep talking, it's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not that big of a deal, but I like how dark but authentic his movies are. Um, kids being one of them uh, is. More recent claim to fame is Spring Breakers. Actually, it's directed by Catherine Hardwick. Oh, is it actually directed by? I who thought did he had something to do with it? Surprisingly, um, who did Twilight? Really? Yeah. And Lords of Dogtown. Very diverse. Huh. I, I must be having it mixed up with another. But regardless, Thirteen <laughs> is um, uh, it's a pretty crazy movie to think that these girls are thirteen, but. They're, it's just nuts they just they're in if it's wrong they do it right you know it's I guess it's that childhood like I'm old enough to do this so I'm gonna do it but I mean they're just drinking and trying to have sex and even though they know it's morally wrong they just like want to do it and it's sort of like much um, like kids that's probably why you can see the comparison yeah I think that's why I got mixed up. They're always kind of grouped together. Yeah. And 
lists about like that movie, but um, it's just it's kind of crazy. Like I had never heard of it when I watched it. It was like on HBO or something like that, and I was just like, "What am I watching?" But it was very interesting. It's sort of along the lines of like your parents think there's a bad influence, but like one of your friends is a bad influence, <laughs> which is true. But at the same time, you're responsible for your own actions and. Yeah, definitely. Growing pains, definitely, to say the least. But <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Cool, I'm going to have to check that one out. My number one is currently my number four movie of all time, Boyhood. A movie that just came out last year, premiered at Sundance last <laughs> year. Uh, we talked about it quite a bit, a uh, few episodes back. Uh, so, if you really want to get my thoughts, you can check out that episode, but... I loved it. Yeah, my uh, brother Dave is very high on it. He tries to get me to watch it. It's not that I don't want to watch it. It's just I, at the time, wasn't in the particular mood to watch that type of movie. I think it's an amazing concept. It is. And it's fulfilled out perfectly. Uh, it just brought me back to my childhood. Like it, Not that anything really was that similar, but certain aspects made me think of certain things from when we were growing up yeah and then another part puts me in the mindset of a parent so it was like a double whammy for me yeah i think maybe that's one of the reasons i haven't like gone out of my way to watch it is i could see some similarities and how i grew up and yeah whatnot but i don't know i guess i look at i lived it i don't need to watch it again <laughs> yeah but I, it's definitely on my must watch list just there's been a lot of stuff to watch lately. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your number one? My number one is not really going out of limb or anything, but Reservoir Dogs. It's yeah, I don't mention one of my favorite. I don't. Would you call it an indie movie? Yeah, at the time it definitely yeah, was. Well, Tarantino at the time wasn't yeah. a big name, right? But I love the concept of it. It's the first movie I ever saw that was out of order like that, but made sense. And I loved how it all came together. Towards the end, and I like all the actors. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. <laughs> Tim and, uh, Roth, uh, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I can't. I don't know all their names. The one, Madsen. One guy plays the same character every time. So yeah, that's boy. him. Yeah. Madsen. I forget his first name, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he's in Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. He's essentially. I don't know. Like George not a Lee great actor, person. but a good character yeah because absolutely. it seems like he's playing himself in every movie yeah, he's not really acting <laughs> <laughs> exactly did you have any honorable mentions um no i didn't really write any down i'm sure there's plenty there's of others that i highly enjoyed but yeah i got a bunch here i'll just run through real quick all right whiplash of course the squid and the whale Starring Jeff Daniels of Dumb and Dumber fame. Okay. Uh, and Jesse Eisenberg. Big fan. Brick, which is Ryan Johnson's directorial debut, starring Joseph Gordon Levitt. He's now going to direct Star Wars Episode Eight <laughs> in a couple of years. So. Jeez. Uh, the Usual Suspects in Bruges, Once, Clerks, Marthy, Marcy May, Marlene, Winner's Bone, American Psycho, Before Midnight, and Reservoir Dogs. So many. I had yeah. to put a whole bunch on there. That's it. I was. I remember looking it up, and I was a little. It was a little daunting, actually. <laughs> it is a little overwhelming. Because <laughs> all five of my top five are in my top one hundred of all time. 
and, and another thing, the way I looked at it is all the movies that we reviewed, like Whiplash, I didn't put. Although I did, I don't think it would have made my top five. I tried to exclude right. the newer ones, but. Yeah, it's always weird. Sometimes I'll make exceptions. Sometimes I'll go straight. Yeah, to it was just more of a gut feeling. Sometimes I'm like, "Well, this movie is really six, but I want to give it a shout out, so it's gonna make the list." Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else over the past three weeks? Well, I've gotten Netflix back. Nice. And I've been just mostly watching a lot of their original programming, essentially. Although. That's, I've been looking up some. It, it's a little misleading sometimes because not all of them are really Netflix originals. It's just but they're more Netflix they're exclusive. The, they're the U.S. provider. Yeah. Or Peaky Blinders is the one I've been really I've been interested. wanting to see it. It's really interesting. I, I mean, Did you watch both crime, seasons? What? Both seasons? I am. It's only six episodes a season. I think I'm in the fourth episode of the second season. Nice. Cillian Murphy. Right? Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy, I heard, is in the second season. Yeah, he is. It's kind of an odd person. I, I mean, not that the acting, the acting's great, the whole uh-huh. show is great, but just the level that Tom Hardy is at, at, in his career and he's in this show. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because he, I honestly think right now, he is one of, if not the best actor going right now. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, he's on, on right another now. level. Yeah. <laughs> like, and his acting in that is quite similar. It, uh, bits and pieces from his other characters sort of in it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a great watch. I've really enjoyed it. I nice. love the time period. I love the crime drama. Yeah, I have. And the mixture of the stuff. two is not something you normally see. True. It's like the yeah. Victorian era in England or something. Definitely interested. The only problem with all these Netflix shows, I'm interested in a lot, but I don't want to start one unless I know I'm going to be able to really go through it. And I watch so much TV as it is. Yeah. I'm going to definitely watch it eventually. I just don't know when. See, I'm the opposite. I don't... I have a cable box. I don't even have it hooked up at this (laughs) point. I just... I use my Xbox One. Yeah. Just about everything, so... Speaking of Tom Hardy, I watched The Drop... Starring him and uh, James Gandolfini. I saw that uh, right before we did our first episode together. You watched it? Yeah. I loved it. I, I didn't like well, it I through the movie, it. and then I really liked it more towards the third quarter of the movie into the end. I thought yeah. it did come together very well. It At really first, did. I was like, what is this movie? Yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those crime movies that essentially ended up being about nothing, and then... But it, I, I thought it came together really well. Yeah, it's basically Tom Hardy is this... He seems a little slow. He's like a bartender who works for James Gandolfini. And, but they are also... The bars are owned by these Armenians, right? Is yeah, Armenian? I think so. And basically there's a robbery that happens. It was set up by a certain person and... Basically, it just goes through the twists and turns of that, but also there's a dog that Tom Hardy finds, and then he gets in... It's basically about his relationship with this dog and the girl, <laughs> and this girl, who house he found that... Well, that's what it, the whole movie's about. It's like a short story. It's really about the dog, and, yeah. and then I think... I don't know how much of the crime part is in the short story, yeah. but... I thought it was going to be more of a crime, like, plot-driven type of deal yeah I think that was my impression too and then when it started I was like wait 
what is this about? <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm glad it turned out to be just a, a character study, it seemed like. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the relationship between him and Tony, Tony Soprano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James Gandolfini's character and, and again, Tom Hardy just blew me away with his acting. Yeah, he, he did. Because just think of all... He was Bane. He was... Uh, What's that movie from uh, Nicholas Wine and Reffin? But he was uh, in the movie Locke. Did you see that? No. Um, I've, I know of it. I haven't it's seen it. It's just that. crazy how different he can be and yet amazing it, in every single thing. Yeah, that's a... And Peaky Blinders, his character, is a Jewish guy. And he has a little bit of Bane. And he's... Actually, I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of how he talks in the, the drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's definitely more charismatic in yeah. uh, that show. But uh, yeah. This movie was supposed to come out like a year prior, wasn't it? I think wasn't so. It might have premiered at a film festival the year before. But Gandolfini died. Yeah, like it got just, delayed. Yeah. But, yeah, this is my favorite kind of movie. One of my favorite kinds of movies. I mean... I've always said I'm not a huge plot guy. I'm more like the overarching story, character development, and this was right up that alley. Yeah, oh, she was the actress in that. Uh, she Naomi Rapace. She was actually pretty good in that. Yeah, as this well. might have been my favorite thing I've seen her in. Because, well, except for, she was in the Swedish version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, uh, okay. But for all her American performances, I didn't think were that great. Yeah, I, but the only she was thing I can think off the top of my head is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't... Wasn't she? Yeah. Not that. I didn't... The second one wasn't quite... No. <laughs> the first, but... I would give the drop an eight and a half out of ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Watch anything else? Um, Marco Polo? Yeah. Uh, now you mention it. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed Marco Polo. I... Hope I, I'd imagine there's a second season for it. Uh, I'm surprised because I haven't heard too many great things about it. It's if you actually invest the time into it, I think it's worth it. But at face value, it's sort of an epic that seems like it's going to fall short, and I feel like people probably get that perspective right away. Yeah. But the guy who plays uh, Kubla Khan is amazing. Actually, I think Marco is the least interesting person in the whole show, to be completely honest with you. But Just from the pictures, he looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem... And they're very choosy with his Italian accent. Like, there's times that he doesn't have it at all, and then there's times he talks and he completely has his Venetian <laughs> accent to him. Is that... there a scene where his wife's call- looking for him? Marco! Polo! Call <laughs> <me> Polo! <laughs> The closest thing to that is they ask him what his name means, which obviously doesn't really mean anything, yeah. and he says it means Great Explorer or something like that. What is the origin? Why is there a game called Marco Polo? We're trying to find someone. I have no idea. Does it have anything to do with him? It I'd, has to, right? I'd imagine it does. <laughs> Maybe it just has season to do with two. Season two. They were gone. Right. But he's mostly famous for him being in like China or whatever and China is controlled by the Mongolians it was the biggest mm-hmm. empire I think ever I think it was like one fifth of the landmass of the world or something like that but it, I think it's interesting it's almost like a time travel film not literally but 
in terms of ideas coming together where the Chinese now are advanced in certain cultural ways, but they're not advanced in like maybe technology, but he has so much landmass and people from coming from so many places that it's this big mixing pot. And it's also just interesting because even though Kublai Khan is a ruthless killer, essentially, he's actually extremely open-minded on other aspects. Like he wants all the people to believe in the religion he wants. He, he reads the Quran, he reads Tao, the Bible. Actually, one line, his wife, he's talking to his wife and he said, we're supposed to whatever about Taoist or Brutus, and then he goes, but the Bible says an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and she says, oh, Kublai, you just quote whatever scripture <laughs> suits your needs or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It may not be amazing, but it's one of the, the second season might pick up enough. improve upon it. Yeah. What about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I haven't seen that. I, I mean, keep I hearing saw great things there. about that. I want to check that out. Bloodlines, I think, drops tomorrow. I'm um, what a, I've been trying to watch the third Daredevil's season of Lily Hammer, which I didn't realize was out. Third season of House of Cards just came out. I watched about half of that. It's so much coming out, like on yeah. top of each other. I wouldn't even want to begin to try to review any of those yet, just yeah. because, it, especially with House of Cards, it all mm -hmm. comes together some point but I'm definitely planning on catching up with Peaky Blinders Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Bloodlines and Daredevil this year and Orange is the New Black whenever that comes back in June yeah I, I'm not as high on that show as other oh, people but I it is it. a pretty good show <laughs> um yeah I watched Citizen Four. Oh, okay the documentary Edward Snowden how'd you like that I liked it <laughs> I mean it's fascinating to see everything play out in real time while he's holed up in this hotel in Brazil, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Laura Porthos and Glenn... Uh, Greenwald. Glenn, yes, Glenn Greenwald are interviewing him and all that. It's just, just a fascinating watch. There's not a whole lot to say about it. It's just very revealing. I... Wasn't really following up on this Edward Snowden story too much. Obviously, I heard of him. It does make President Obama look pretty bad when he's like, <laughs> they show a direct clip of him saying he's a traitor. Meanwhile, you're seeing it play out, and it's like, I don't know about yeah. that. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with you. I actually it's watched just crazy myself recently. how they explicitly catch these people in lies and it's just like yeah. water off their back you know? and it's somehow acceptable because but he's know. the traitor he's the bad yeah. guy it's like they can spy on you and you don't have any excuse but if they get exposed it's not right yeah go figure where right. people are upset I watched oh, yeah. a document most of a documentary about the judge in Pennsylvania that literally gave kids years in jail for cash for minor, like one kid threw a piece of steak at his stepdad, got like three years in jail. What? He was like, it wasn't like lock kids up at a higher rate and we'll give you money. Like they were giving this guy money Specific. per person. And oh, he facilitated shit. the building of private prisons, and that's not. He got seventeen years in jail, which is just. I mean, he probably won't live through it, but 
I don't know. It was it was disgusting to be completely honest with you. That should have been the the, the plot of the judge starring <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Robert Duvall. Uh, the only th- other thing I watched for this episode was Survivor. I wrote down Survivor premiere, but there's actually been like four episodes by now. <laughs> uh, it's a good season. It's called Survivor Worlds Apart Season Thirty. If you believe it or not. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that when you told me it was that many. <laughs> Blue seasons. collar versus white collar versus no collar. Uh, What's no collar? People, all right. They say blue collar. They're the ones that follow the rules. White collar makes the rules. No collar breaks the rules. Uh, Basically, yeah. just stoners and like yeah. <laughs> people that have no like job ambition. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it's a good season. That's all I can really say right now. Yeah, I, I'm not really on the reality show thing. I haven't seen Survivor since. Season one? Well, I don't know at this point. I don't know how many seasons ago it was. <laughs> I kind of feel old. <laughs> uh, the news. Let's get to it. I'll just run through real quick. Leonard Nimoy died at age 83. Rest in peace. Live long and prosper, yada, yada, yada. Probably the first person to ever say that. <laughs> Dennis Villanueva, who directed Enemy and Prisoners is going to direct the Blade Runner sequel starring Harrison Ford. Oh, nice. Have you seen the original? I've never actually... It's a crying shame, actually, that I haven't watched the whole thing like in one sitting, but I know of it from reputation and yeah. a little bit of viewing. I saw it, thought it was overrated, didn't see that big of a deal. But it had its interesting aspects. But I do love Dennis Villanueva. I, I loved Enemy... It's in my top ten for the 2014. Prisoners was good. so I'm You know what? Forward. Actually, I think I thought Blade Runner was... Um, what's the one with uh, Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker? Fifth Element? Yeah. I, I think I got those mixed... This is a long, long time ago that I actually like watched that movie, but I think I got those mixed oh. up. <laughs> uh, Richard Linklater to direct Where Do You Go... Bernadette, which is about a missing mom, or I guess they go into a hike or a trip to Antarctica and her mom goes missing. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. It's Richard Linklater. Yeah. I'm there. Sign me up. A new Pee Wee Herman movie is coming to Netflix. Woo. <laughs> People love Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. I never got into it. I don't quite understand it, but... Wait, I don't know. Don't know is Pee Wee Herman the person in Blow? Huh? Uh, you've ever seen the movie Blow? Yeah, I like The guy it. who plays the hairstylist guy that's sort I of... I think his... it might be, now that I'm thinking about it. It seemed... I don't know. I never actually looked it up, but... If that is, that's his best performance. And only performance I like. <laughs> well, he, remember he got arrested for jerking off at a point theater? Yeah. Or something. Which... It doesn't look good, but I mean, he was in a porn theater... Yeah. I mean, why else do you watch porn? Should be arrested for going to a porn theater. <laughs> yeah. I think computers were around then. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. You heard they were making the all-female Ghostbusters. Now they announced there's a second movie coming right behind it with all-male. Are they actually ever going to come out? Yeah, they announced the cast of the female, and it's dated for 
2016. I, I just feel like I've been hearing about Ghostbusters for so long now. Yeah. But this one is a, a man, 2017, starring Channing Tatum. Yeah, I, I like Channing Tatum. I like Channing Tatum, so I'll give it a shot. But uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of Harrison Ford, he was involved in a plane crash. Oh, yeah, I did hear about <laughs> he this. He was piloting himself, I think, in a, or... It was in a small plane, like, uh, they carried four people or something. Yeah, like so not the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon's <laughs> no. still intact, right? Yes, thank God. <laughs> Disney was crossing their fingers when they heard that. Although, didn't uh, it break his leg? Yeah. No, I think he broke his leg on set of Star Wars a while ago. This did something. It was a door. I think it was a door. I don't know if it was specifically the Millennium Falcon, but that's what they say. It was a yeah. hydraulic door shut. Yeah. This one, I don't know. I know he was hurt, but apparently, luckily it wasn't too serious. Um, movies that came out in theater the week that Whiplash came out to Redbox, which was a while ago now, but <laughs> Focus, starring Will Smith and the girl from The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, came out, made like $11 million in its opening weekend. The Lazarus, Lazarus Effect, a horror movie starring Olivia Wilde, Came out, got bad reviews. Everly, starring Selma Hayek. It's basically, I heard it's Taken, but with Selma Hayek instead of Liam Neeson. Yeah, okay. And Maps to the Stars, the newest David Cronenberg movie, came out. On Redbox, we will be reviewing Foxcatcher in our top five Steve Carell movies on the next episode. Dracula Untold, Ouija, The Best of Me, and the captive also came out on Redbox for that particular week. It feels <laughs> weird to say because it was like a month ago. But yeah, so thanks for uh, listening. You can email us the Redbox Support at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Support. I'm on Twitter at the Oil Report. Are you on Twitter? Uh, not Still yet. Not yet. Uh, okay. Heck, a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, on Letterboxd. I'm at the Oil Report. And as always, have a good day. <laughs> We're going to have to work on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Day by day